Oh wow, that salt coffee is fucking good. Holy shit. Holy shit. You know, for this place being a, like, Korean establishment, it makes sense. That everything just so. Yeah, I'm noticing the difference, culturally, down to the uniforms that the staff wear, and the detailing. They have light blue polos and beige pleated skirts. Really? Yeah. It's either their uniforms, or these two had a very unfortunate coincidental day. (laughs) I like bees. See bees live in colonies. Buzzy MCs with a singer for emergencies. Cooperate to pollinate. Never work alone. Just don't bring a honey home to the honeycomb. I hadn't really had a salt coffee while we were in Vietnam. I wanted to get it. But now I wish I'd got it hot. I think it's all pre-mixed. Like, they've got pre-mixed salty egg mixture. Really? Weird. It seems like quite efficient. Don't you love their little, like... Hot coffee transporting sleeves, yeah. I don't know if it's better than the the insulating sleeve that we do in Canada because you can't really use it to drink the coffee. I really fucked myself up coming up the stairs. What? How? My eyes were only half open and the walls... (gasps) I see it. The walls and the stairs are all white, and I was, like, walking out, and they're all concrete. Yeah. As I turned the corner, I didn't notice, but there was, like, a concrete ledge, and I put my shoulder underneath it and, like, scraped it, and I was like, oh, shit, don't do that, and, like, turned and smoked my head into the wall right beside me. It was like, (laughs) ah! Did they have a security camera in the stairwell? It would be bad. Just like, oh, smash. Oh. Stairs, stairs one. It did the same thing to my shoulder and body, remember? When we were going out to get those massage. Yeah. yeah. What a rough morning. What a rough, rough one. When I was editing, I realized that we never really described like what an egg coffee is for the people. Let alone salty coffee. I thought we did. No, we had egg coffee. We didn't really talk about it, though. Oh, that's really good. Is it? Yeah. Look at all the concentrated condensed milk at the bottom. Yeah. Trying not to drink that. Wow. It's not really salty, but it is good. It's like whipped. That's not egg. Maybe it is. Yeah, it's like whipped salty meringue sitting on top of your coffee. Remember that guy in play who's like, you have salt coffee. Snoo, new special. And I was like, yeah, okay, I'll have the salt coffee. It was oh, yeah. so cute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really good. I really enjoyed it. It was like, it was different though. I, It's like, um, you know how you feel about like savory breakfast without eggs? Hmm. That's how I felt about that salt coffee. Like it needed an egg in it? <laughs> no. Like, this isn't what I'm used to, which is strange, but also delicious. Oh, so delicious in its own way, but I don't think I can have it all the time. It's cool that this one was like half iced coffee on the bottom and half whipped salt egg white yeah. whipped meringue on top. Yeah. It just looked really cool. Yours did too. Yours was really like the opposite where it was all white on the bottom and all dark on the top. Cool. Yeah. But then when he gave me two iced coffees, I was like, oh yeah, fuck. I will also have a hot Vietnamese black coffee, please. (laughs) 
Nick messaged me this morning. What did he say? He met a former colleague of mine, Johnny, for lunch in Montreal. He was like a super extroverted kind of like sales leader guy. Yeah. Really nice guy. And you remember when I was working with Sue? She was the COO. I was on a call with her and Johnny once. And we started talking about Desmond Decker. Really? Yeah, because their whole business culture was super into music. It was like the unifying theme that they were all passionate about. It brought them all together. And the two of them were just like riffing on the origin of reggae. And I was, in hindsight, like so proud that I had a contribution in Desmond Decker. Really like we found super randomly but it's like a kind of gritty like like a hipster name drop that like most people wouldn't know and anyway Johnny's a cool dude and so Nick texted me this morning he's like I, I had lunch today with Jonathan I understand that you know each other <laughs> cute ah I think I just pinched my butt with the chair oh. oops straw's all soggy. Why you got such a soggy straw? You knew how old I was when you married me. Yeah, but your straw wasn't soggy. Oh wow, that salt coffee is fucking good. Holy shit. Holy shit. Salt coffee. Yeah, this is fucking good. Even for iced coffee in the morning, which is as you know, not my preference. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, I think once we go to Saigon, you're gonna be like, uh, salt coffee? I'll coffee anyone? Anywhere? I think See? this is better yeah. than yours, though, that you have. Let me try. I want to. A little bit. A little bit, yes. Yeah. This one is good. You know, for this place being a, like, Korean establishment, it makes sense that everything just so. Yeah, I'm noticing the difference culturally down to the uniforms that the staff wear and the detailing. Uniforms? You mean like leggings and like a baggy sweater? <laughs> no, I mean the uniforms. They have, uniforms? they have light blue polos and beige pleated skirts. Really? Yeah. It's either their uniforms or these two had a very unfortunate coincidental day. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it does make me want to go to Korea, though. It, it's honestly, like, it's not it's not cheaper than Canada, but... We have the sense from our North American sphere that Asian countries are developing countries. Yeah. And that's really why I wanted to go to Singapore. To be like, it's coincidental, it's not a given. And yeah. I want to see, like, that's why I want to go to Korea, that's why I want to go to Singapore... I suppose that's why I would like to go to Japan, but also I don't want to go to Japan, but not for that reason. Just because Japan just feels like a lot. When I think about Japan, I get anxiety. I'm just like, ah, it just seems like a lot. I mean, it's because everybody goes to Tokyo. Yeah, maybe that's it. There's so many other places. It's like if, it's like if somebody were to tell you, like, the only place you can go to is Old Town in Hanoi. Or and Toronto like, in Canada. Yeah. I'd be like, option B, kill me. <laughs> Maybe we can get cyanide capsules in Japan. <laughs> Can't take it anymore! It's too Welcome to Toronto. 
I messaged Johnny after Nick texted me, and I was like, hey, I understand that you met my friend Nick. <laughs> I hope he didn't talk too much shit about me. Or, or, uh, oh, no! Oh, faulty kickstand. Man, that bike went down. There's a lot of shit on there. I think it was loaded. It just loaded fell right the, over. Loaded to the dicks. Don't worry, man. I didn't see anything. But yeah, what I said to Johnny was, I hope... I hope Nick didn't say too much about how much of a little shit I was growing up. Mm. Loaded to the dicks. Thrust into the hilt. Nick said he's going to California to do something that people generally only do in fight or flight mode. Can't solve it. Skydiving? Maybe it's jump out of an airplane. Why would you go to California for that? I just want to Google now. Crazy shit to do in California. Run. Something that you do during flight or fight mode is run. And Nick's a runner. He's probably doing a marathon. What? Now I'm like, oh shit, it's running, isn't it? That's a huge letdown. Can you tell him that I figured it out if he confirms that it's running? Just figured it out. Oh, I should charge my phone while we're sitting here. My phone's getting charged right now. The battery's almost done charging, so you can unplug it. This is a nice little coffee morning spot. Yeah, I don't mind it at all. I think this is the first time we've seen rain in, like, weeks. We've been spritzed on. Have we? I miss Nick. Yeah, I miss Nick, too. I told him also that, yeah, I'd like to get on a call and catch up with him. It's funny how he's such, like, a, a patron. Of? Of us, like... Is he? Like, a supporter. Yeah, he's... Honestly, he's made a lot possible, and he's very, uh... Yeah, he is. Uh, like a financial supporter. No. No, like a cheerleader. Like a... Like somebody who pushes you forward. Oh. That's very kind. Of us, though? Well, of you indirectly. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> That's boring. Thanks, What's in it for me? <laughs> That's all yours. You don't gotta, you don't gotta chug it. It's... You don't gotta play with anyone for it. Oh. Yeah, what a mess I am today. <laughs> I honestly can't believe we're um, taking a train to Saigon. Yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> you know. I woke up, I was doing exercises and stretches in the bed while you were getting coffee, and like, while I was stretching, I like did some cat cows, and in one of my cat cows, I like, <laughs> realized, I was like, this bed was so comfortable, the next bed is not going to be very comfortable, because <laughs> we're going to be on the sleeper train. Yeah, they're like prison cots, look at this little guy! Oh, uh, he brought his toy outside. I see his little toys. Yeah, they're like prison cots. They are terrible. And also, I'm pretty sure like they don't change the bedding. Yeah, I know. I realized that after the guy made the bed after us. And I was like, that's disgusting. I am uncomfortable. Yeah. Just thinking about that right now is making me itchy. Oh, ah, well. Ah, that's fine. It's, it's fine. It's fine. We're fine. That's why we have clothes. That's why we have clothes. That's part of the reason why we have clothes here. Protection. I suppose we should have a shower and start to think about checking out again. 
I don't want to leave. Don't want to leave the name? Yeah. If somebody were to be like, hey, I'm going to Vietnam for an extended period of time, where should I stay? I'd say the name. Yeah, it's worth mentioning that this has definitely been the most comfortable place that we've been in all of Vietnam. It's like a massive beach town. It is so comfortable here. When's the last time we podcasted? Was it just after Hue? Yeah, the last time we podcasted was in Da Nang in our other place on the balcony. Oh yeah, because I talked about surfing a bit. And the journalist. Mr. F. And the journalist, yeah. Da Nang really has been super comfortable. Pretty developed. It's got all the amenities. It's got the beach. Also, I'm pretty sure yesterday when we were just chilling on the beach as the sun was kind of going down, there was a group of people gathering down the beach. I'm pretty sure there are like nighttime beach festivities, all kinds of shit. Feels a lot like Spain. Feels a lot like Spain. Except for the food culture, which is completely like the reciprocal. Reciprocal? No. The opposite. The negative of Spain. The photo negative, I mean. Not in a bad way. The inverse. The inverse. Wow, that took a long time to get to. Come on, brain. Come on, brain. What Think been, of things. What have you been doing all night? Oh man, I woke up with such a fucking headache. Speaking of sleep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we went to bed way too late. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure we slept eight hours. Like yeah, we did. Like 1.30 to 9.30. Yeah. But my body's unhappy. Like, I'm really excited to get my sleep dialed in. That's one of the things I'm most looking forward to in Thailand is just routine. Which is weird, like, how old am I? When did I fucking get this old? If you count my smile lines, lifetimes. Lifetimes, yeah. I remember when you performed that at UFC. Yeah. People are so encouraging when you perform at amateur events. It's so, like, nourishing for the soul. Because you're not good. But everybody's just so appreciative of anything, just of getting up there. I mean, they appreciate the effort, right? Because it takes so much effort, time and effort, to write down your thoughts in a way that you're proud of. And then have the balls to, well, not balls, sorry, the strength to get up there and perform in front of strangers, a group of total strangers but perform intentionally, you know? Not, like, just breathe, but perform. Yeah. That, yeah, hella requires snaps. Especially when something just, like, linguistically clicks so well. You're just like, yeah, nice. (laughs) It's cool to have the ability to make things click for people. Yeah. Makes me want to do more of that. Like, to, you know that feeling you get when you show somebody a song that you feel really strongly about and you get that, like, feeling in your chest of, like, when the, when the good part comes on and kind of get, like, a shiver that the other person is listening to this, like, good part. You're like, ah. Uh, you know what I'm talking about? I mean, kind of. I have more anxiety than you do. You're more confident in the things that you show. For me, I'm like, like my song, like every moment of this song. And if I don't see it on your face, I'm going to feel like a failure. Because you hate me. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking hate myself too now. <laughs> ah. Yeah. 
okay, maybe that feeling then that you get when you connect with a song, when like a lyric pierces the yeah, fog that, that's and like better, touches better. you. Like the ability to generate that feeling in people with something that really resonates. That is pretty special. I'm a good performer. I, you know, I... I know you were. I know you were. Did you say were? I know you are. Oh. I know you are. Uh, uh, so vulnerable. <laughs> wow. Did you say I was? I'm uh, not anymore. Kind of sad that I don't really do that. But it doesn't really mean anything to be a good performer, you know? What do you mean? I feel like all salespeople should take acting classes. Actually, yeah, that's what I was thinking about when we were first talking about this, is how performing spoken word at University of Calgary obviously was not on my resume, but has served me so much in my work. And those kinds of things, like, should be on your resume. Yeah. It's just as important as, like, Toastmasters, you know? It's, yeah. like, it's like honing your delivery. It's, like, it counts. How often in your job do you have an opportunity to hone something so carefully you don't? I mean, so it needs to come from off paper. Yeah, it's because things like spoken word and practicing things like that. Some people think the message is enough, like, the content of the message uh, is enough. Yeah. But... Sometimes it's like the emphasis behind the delivery that really gets the weight across. Yeah. And that is so important in spoken word because you only have your voice. You only have the pauses. You only have the repetition to really drive home a certain type of message. It, it's also the choice of words. words. Yeah. like to steer clear of any descriptions that people have heard before so that they're forced to, to visualize what yeah. you've actually said yeah. and then it pierces like in the meaning pierces through the like listener's apathy that yeah. we're all just kind of simmering in you know it's because most people really are like visual minded um, yeah where they can envision something right the thing that you describe so being as descriptive, as colorful, as like engaging as possible is what really makes people connected to the things that you say. Your vocabulary is a, is a, a form of emphasis to me. You know, if you were to start your own company and I mean, it's, it's kind of like my idea with like customer success people. Like if I were to be able to cultivate my own team like, that would be so cool to have the sales team interact in, like, a spoken word. Like, like a performative way? Yeah. Where, like, once every couple months, like, this is something that we practice as a team. You have a week to prepare, like, a spoken word. You have a certain message that you got to deliver. It would be such a cool exercise to get people to just, like, fucking riff you'd have to be intentional about whether you really want to do it though because it would filter people out like I think about my brother you know if he was he's working for a company and then once a week he's got like a mandatory like performative he, he would quit no, he'd be like no, once a week <laughs> or even once a month like he'd be he'd be like no 
I it would give him anxiety. He would hate it. Like not everybody enjoys it. No, I know. But on the flip side, if that was the culture you were hoping to create, like Johnny and Sue, right, talking about how music culture bound them together and appreciation for the arts bound them together. If you're like, no, I want a company of artists and I want a sales force who is really good at connecting with people. That's more important to me than, than any other communication style. Then fuck yeah. Depending on the. I mean, I wouldn't make it mandatory. I just like would offer it as like a team bonding. It's like an opt-in situation. I think things like that can become exclusionary though. It's like, you know, it's optional, but everybody knows that the CEO really likes the people who are good at it. And then you've got people who like, who are the, like study hard types, but maybe they're not naturally good at it. And they feel just like, feel so much pressure to like perform, but they're just not like, she's all that when that jock douchebag guy has to do like a performative art piece in front of the audience. Cause the girl that he's dating is like such a nerd and they give her the full makeover, but like he's trying to impress her. So he goes to this like spoken word thing and he's like standing on stage and then he pulls out a hacky sack and he starts like, doing that and he says some words then everybody applauds and like it's not his natural environment or like the guy from uh, Love is Blind you know the teardrops eyedrops guy mm-hmm. he was working for a company that had an opt in spoken word thing for sure he would do his best but it would be terrible it would be awful sorry I know butted you I knew I was doing it when I was doing it and I couldn't stop myself yes and we could have an award for the person who did the best. And that makes it a real bad competition. Okay, okay, okay. We don't want toxic competitive culture. Yeah. Uh, yes, and we could participate. But like Knights of the Round Table style where, you know, it's like leave your title at the door, but it, but not like a rap battle, like no, no offensive things. It's like... I'm taking off the badge. I'm just one of you now. And then they just start talking shit about the CEO. What a douchebag. That's <laughs> a bad bad guy. Yeah. Now you're fired. <laughs> uh, you have some uh, strong feelings. What's an example of a product or company where that kind of artistic culture would be important? Like, what's a thing that you be trying to sell where your customers would be the types of people who would really respond is, to is that. I really don't think that there is one type of company or culture. I think it's things like that, like random like events that stimulate creative thinking. And creative thinking, I understand, only affects like a part of your brain but it really does like make people think differently like have to work hard to accommodate oh yeah um good good morning morning. accommodate a different type of like thought processing and even just as a practice i think even for like people who think it's silly or whatever it really does force people to think differently and and ultimately it's not even about participation and it's not even about having to perform or whatever if if i were to run a company and i were to hold something like that i would be looking at like people's outlooks on it 
you know? Like, would somebody be like, oh, this is fucking stupid. Like, that's not somebody that I want in my company. It's like, you can either, like, watch and support, or you can try and attend and, like, participate. And both of those things are equally important because if some, if mm. everybody were to, if everybody was performing, there'd be no audience. There'd be and no if audience was watching. There'd be no performance. Exactly. And so, like that is learning how to like feed off of one another, support one another, and also again, like to see like which people are the ones that are like, this is a fucking drag. This is so stupid. Like, why would people do this? Mm, like, it would the, create like, a culture of humility. Yeah, and it's like, and it's like, well, those people who say things like that, like, ultimately, like, you, like, you're the one who could benefit the most from doing something like this. Mm. It's just about, like, making people recognize, like, you could literally be doing something completely different with your lives. It's just very important to have, like, a perspective switch. Yeah, and I know you said it only like leverages one part of your brain, but that's the part of our brain that's neglected most often mm-hmm. in work. So like that might be enough to shake things up, right? Exactly. That's a good point. I've been credited a lot with thinking outside the box or having like creative ideas or I never really stopped to think about like why am I good at that and can I train other people? Exactly. Like what about my experiences could I expose people to and mm-hmm. maybe they Maybe it can be. Maybe it could be like a school of, like a dojo, like a, you know, a a school of business philosophy. Totally. I mean, like, you, you and your cohort seem to really love the improv stuff that happened. Remember? Oh, in the NBA? Yeah, in the NBA. Some did. There were lots of quants there who who really didn't. I know, but they were in the audience and they probably found some of it funny. No, they were forced to participate. Oh. Okay, that's not that's not as cool. No, that's not very cool. No. Well, I mean, the idea was even if you suck at it and even if you hate it, you'll be richer for having tried. Well, <laughs> you were gonna make a dirty sex joke. No. No. I think it, I I honestly think it would be really cool, just like as like creative exercises, because it's like once kids leave school, those things like. Write in your journal. Do like creative exercises. Those things go out the window. You know, like today, like we spend one hour just painting and drawing our feelings. And I think as kids, those things are nurtured because it's one, easy for the teacher to just like, have an hour to like not fucking worry about the kids and like teach them shit. But two, it's one of those things that allow kids to like develop their personality and like cultivate who they are as an individual and when you become an adult you lose all that like nobody tells you great job for journaling you know great job for painting you're literally describing my creativity class in the MBA mm. which was amazing uh, to your point yeah so it's hard for me now to like, see a bunch of people in the modern workforce lose all sense of creativity you know it's a lot of people are now just like give me a to-do list of things to do and then i'll do those things and anything outside of that i have a hard time with and it's like well because you're 
creative side isn't being cultivated. Mm. Nobody's telling you to think outside the box. You know what it makes me think of? It makes me think of the quote-unquote this quarter culture Uh, in companies. mm. It's like maybe if I focus on my creativity, it'll benefit me in some intangible way along the way. But if I focus on this measurable thing, it's going to benefit me tomorrow and I'm going to get recognition for it right away. Yeah. But if you never prioritize the long-term things, you're going to suffer in the long run. And that's the way we manage our companies and that's the way we're then forced to manage ourselves, right? Because each of us is a piece of that company. It trickles down. The culture trickles down. Right. And it's like, I could go get this professional certification or I could journal and maybe journaling it'll help me in the long run but I don't really know how yeah or I can get the certification that's going to get me a raise on yeah. the next in the next cycle yep and it's whoever's making the decisions and creating the system of evaluation has to build in recognition for those longer term things or mm. they're not going to happen like that old adage what gets measured gets done yeah it's like well then start measuring people's efforts to improve themselves start rewarding yeah. people's yeah. efforts to improve themselves it's exactly. not to force people to improve themselves who don't want to yeah. it's to reward the people who are doing it right now in spite of it conflicting with the things that they're measured on yeah like stop punishing people for for self enrichment yeah. actualization yeah but it's it's true like i if more companies were like, I don't need you to clock in, clock out for me. You've got however many hours in a day. Like, as long as you complete the thing that I want you to complete, whatever you do with the rest of your time is up to you. And whether or not that's for self-improvement, family, therapy, physical health, mental health. Make sure you prioritize that while completing the work and like I'll never be like you have to work eight hours for me clock in at nine clock out at five you know I might still say clock in at nine clock out at five but only six of those need to be or five of those need to be working on projects Mm. and then like the rest of it is like like, you can do you can do courses you can draw you can journal you can listen to music like you're still on the clock so it's like paying you for this time Mm. so you have to do something you can't not do something yeah but you're doing something that's actually gonna like benefit you it's almost like it's like paying you want to bring in a puzzle bring in a puzzle do a puzzle for an hour and then work for an hour and then do your puzzle for another hour (laughs) i mean honestly as a business it makes sense is over time Maybe not with the puzzles, but <laughs> over time, people really would become richer contributors. It's interesting. It's kind of like this, how I keep saying that if, the, if, if Canada or if the U.S., these countries really wanted to do better on the biggest scale, they need to invest in small things like educating individuals. Yes. Yeah. That's the solution to that like short-termism, that like this quarter thinking, investing in things that aren't going to pay dividends until later. Mm-hmm. Everybody's different. You yep. can't prescribe a curriculum. Exactly. But you can prescribe a block of time every day where people are forced to, forced is a strong word, yeah, fuck it, required to do something that improves themselves. It could be the gym, it could yeah. be whatever, but it's part of your job. So yep. I'm going to pay you to do it, and it's not really optional. Yeah. Like, but you got to do something. And yep. that's 
you working on yourself out of contribution to the company, and that's why we're paying you for it. Yeah. Kind of like what Google did with their, uh, every Friday, there'd be a half day of, like, creative time where you could work on your own projects. Yeah. But they had to be projects. Like, right. it, it wasn't, like, self-improvement, yeah. but it was, like, whatever your pet idea is, if you're yeah. an entrepreneurial kind of person, you could just work on that every Friday. Yeah. And some really good ideas came out of that, actually. Honestly, like, can you imagine those, like, weekly management meetings where are all your deliverables, like, were all your deliverables made on time? Yes? Cool. What did you do in your free time? Oh, sweet. Like, you hit a new PR in the gym. That's awesome. Great job. PD? Personal record? Oh, personal best personal record. Yeah. <laughs> I'll call it phones down time. Phones down time? Yeah. Yeah. You like, could totally do it to have coffee with the person that sits beside you because that is personal enrichment, like social absolutely. enrichment. And be yeah. like, I don't really feel like reading a book. Like, do you want to go grab a coffee with me? For yeah, like, sure. Yeah, that, that exactly. counts. That counts. Because it, it entrenches the, the network and the relationship. the community, yeah. The community. Yeah. So it is pretty open-ended. I like it. I think it's a good idea. Who was it that said... Um, what if we invest in them and they leave and then somebody else said, well, what if we don't invest in them and they stay? Yeah. There you go. I mean, ultimately, like, you could even just create a program and have people sign an NDA to, like, not replicate it or something. I hope they do because, really, if they go off and they replicate the model in some other company, then it's growing a broader community. Yeah. Like, that, yeah. the eventuality of this long-termism or the eventuality of this macro-level thinking... Mm is really a better society. Like, we're all part of a bigger organization. Yeah. We're just talking about the most minute cell of it. I fucking hope it catches on. You know, this is the stuff that makes me excited. Like, you you were like, what makes you excited? Like, people management. Management like, or enrichment? Enrichment, I guess, is what makes me excited, if, if that's what you want to call it. Maybe management has a bad rap. But... Cultivation. Yes, like, this, yeah. this stuff... Where it's like, I'd love to know how to make people feel the most... Actualized. Actualized, yes. If I could do this as a job, I would. You can. People do. But I don't know how. I don't know how to get into it. I don't know how to prove to people that, like, I have good ideas and that I'm willing to, like, fucking just, like... I mean, you got to do the research. Because right now you've got a lot of passion and a lot of theories and hypotheses. But you've got to do the research, find out what's been tried and what the results were, and hone your your passion and your theories so that they, they right. push forward the bounds of people's understanding of it. Right. Because you got you got raw talent, kid. But you've got to tell people something that they don't know. It would have to come down to, like, actually coming up with numbers. Because people aren't going to be like, oh, that, that sounds nice. Like, all the feel-good things sound nice. But, like, what is it actually going to do for the how is it actually going to benefit us? Yeah, but you don't need to come up with those numbers. No, I know. You I just know. need to find them. And yeah, then somebody's exactly. already come up with them for sure. You think so? Yeah, thousand percent. I mean, there have been, like, I have been reading a lot of things on LinkedIn of what companies do better with four-day work weeks or, you know, PTO or, like, not having to, like, worry about people's, like, you, that is, oh, it's a bee. Get out of here, little bee. There's no... You don't want that coffee. You want flowers. Um, that sounds good. This makes me excited. 
Good. People cultivation is probably one of the most exciting things to me. It's like how you see value in people's like skills. I see value in people's like hearts. <laughs> I think there are a lot of pitfalls along the way, though. Like when I, even when I think of people cultivation, I'm like, you know, people are gonna try to put you in a box and be like, oh, is that talent development? And yeah, and you have to be like, no. Like, oh, is that? Oh, that sounds a lot like HR management. Is that what you know? Yeah. I know yeah. I want to do people cultivation. Oh, is that talent management? No. Yeah. It's like it's what I'm about to tell you it is. Yeah. No more, no less. Stop trying to stop trying to fit me into the framework of your previous understanding. Yes. Like, yeah. That that's important. Yeah. I I do want to be able to offer something completely different from like what already is out there. But first you need to learn everything about what is out there. I know. So you can steal bits and pieces that you like. <laughs> Genuinely. That's fine. That's basically what my degree was. Um, we're really running short on time. Okay. Yep. So we're going to have to cut this short and go shower and pack and... Time to poo again. Catch a train and catch a train to Saigon. Bye. Bye. I like bees. CBs live in colonies. Fuzzy MCs with a singer for emergencies. Cooperate to pollinate. Never work alone. Just don't bring a honey home to the honeycomb.